Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. Welcome, everyone. It is February, 20, uh, February 7th, 2017, and this is Chris Boggs, founder of Web Traffic Advisors. I'm here with Frank Watson, the famous webmaster. How goes it? I'm doing great, my Good. friend. And you? Very good. A week away Excellent. from Valentine's Day, I no doubt expect a box of chocolates from you at some stage. <laughs> my Valentine, Frank, will you be my Valentine? <laughs> will you be my Valentine? I wonder if there's some sort. Of, there must be some sort of a uh, shorthand version for that in Twitter. I'll have to send you a Happy Valentine's Day tweet. Hopefully, uh, every SEO out there will have a. Valentine's Day surprise of new rankings and, and increased uh, relevant traffic for their clients. Let's get right into some great SEO topics curated very well, as usual, by you, Mr. Frank. Uh, the first one, we're going to go with Matt Cutts and um, a alleged um, last Google Plus post, but we found out, of course, that it wasn't. But on February 6th, uh, Barry Schwartz posted over at Search Engine Round Roundtable that uh, Matt Cups cuts hearted his Google Plus followers. So he basically just put a less than and a three and uh, made that his only post and made it public on January 30th, 2017. Uh, and Barry <laughs> wrote that it's unclear exactly why he posted it. Is it his last post on Google Plus? Is it that he messes his fellow Googlers? Is it that he's working under Trump and he's sad? So, Kind of funny, kind of a non-article, a cat post, as they used to be called, but really the passing of a generation, and there will be a few little things like this, but um, somebody was just mentioning the other day that it's going to be funny the first time we hear someone say, Matt Cuts, who's Matt Cuts? Yeah, exactly, and, and you know, it could have just been him getting in for early Valentine's Day. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Keeping that was a great seg from uh, Valentine's Day discussion into Matt Cutts heart post. So the point is that um, you know I'm sure that you and I will continue to bring up Matt Cutts and occasionally reference the old Matt Cutts sniff test um, for years to come as we uh, do the SEO rock stars. Uh, but nowadays, John Mueller, Gary Illich, you know these are the people that people know. Uh, uh, Matt's now part of the U.S. government. He's been assimilated into the Borg, uh, and we wish him well. And um, we'll probably talk about him less going forward. So let's move along to Google, Google adding a category filter to organic search. Now, this is one of those situations where I can't get it to recreate, unfortunately. But Jennifer Slegg has a nice article from February 3rd, 2017, showing Google putting in a, um, a sort of a... Uh, a a card deck of uh, of categories related to kids' clothing. So the the search typed in is kids' clothing, and then there's garments. Uh, you know, greater than sign kids. Uh, so uh, then you have t-shirt, shoe, hoodie, swimsuit, um, um, sock, hat, 
pajamas. I get caught up on the swimsuit there. Um, and then, you know, basically, if you drill down, as Jen points out, it actually only narrows it down to product type. So maybe that's why I can't get it to recreate right now. But ha Frank, uh, have you been able to recreate this, uh, any of this stuff? No, uh, but I think, you know, it's, it's a case of it may not be reaching everywhere and um, it's mainly to, to do with uh, the options that you get in the carousel for uh, product type uh, searches. So, right. it's so something it's kind that of we a, should be aware of. You know, I it's mean, more cardification a, and more carouselification, right? And so, yeah. And to me, that's it's great insight. We always, as SEOs, have looked for ways to, you know, see how Google trails up and down. You know, from a, a degrees of separation uh, perspective, uh, relevance-wise, right? So, if we can see when you type in kids clothing and that they have t-shirt, shoe, hoodie, swimsuit, sock, hat. You know, people, SEOs will start to test whether that means that, you know, t-shirts, you know, those are your best opportunity or you should make, you know, you should make maybe websites that are aligned in categories like this and you might do better and, and so on and so forth. So I think this is good because it'll spur SEOs to analyze the categories that are coming up. Uh, which some of that we could probably already derive from the keyword research volumes out there as well, huh, Frank? Yeah, and I mean, the trick to this is going to be to find what's the best methodology you've got to be able to get into these categories and, and rank right. well when they're being applied. Is it a matter of having it in, you know, like your breadcrumb? Is it a matter of having, you know, something in the uh, URL structure, that type of thing? So, I mean, this is something that's just obviously been rolled out and hasn't been sorted properly by Google yet. But if this is something that's going to be there moving forward, then it's something that SEOs and, and you and I will be looking at to see if there's, you know, any methodology that can be used to improve where you rank for particular subcategories of, of yeah. search. And frankly, Frank, um, you know, the cat, the subcategories, I think we're now, you know, in 2017, most people are sophisticated enough searchers that they're not typing in swimwear. They're not typing in kids clothing. They're typing in kids shoes. They're typing in, um, you know, women's swimwear, women's bathing suits, dog clothing, you know, it, it, raincoat and some of these examples, I think it, it's. It's another reminder that even though we may not target that way upper funnel awareness, you know, head term, that's a single word all the time, by looking at what appears in Google for those kinds of searches, we can learn, uh, as you just described, right? And then we can be given a strategy of sorts as to going after these categories. So I think that it's important for some of the people that may say, well, no one searches swimwear, um, so who cares, right? But the point is that it, t they're testing it at the broadest categories like that. Eventually, when people type in kids' shoes, they will likely have this kind of carousel that'll say sneakers, uh, you know, formal shoes, sandals, flip-flops, et cetera, too, huh, Frank? Yeah, and the other part of it is... Uh the vast majority of the searches that uh, Jen did were relate, you know, were desktop, and then she tried one for mobile, and and it brings me back to the when they were first doing the voice searching, and how you could say a particular city and then ask about rest, uh, you know, Italian restaurants, and it 
it followed over that, okay, you're in Philadelphia, you want, you know, your next search is get me Italian restaurants, and they're filtering that. So there may be some methodology there where this could be related largely to audio search, you know, where, where, you, you, where you have the category that's sort of held, and then when you're adding another search, they're, they're presupposing that you're qualifying down. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are a lot of ways that this can be used. Yeah. It's obviously not being effectively done right now. But like I said earlier, it's something that we should keep an eye on. I agree. So there's a great report that came out um, on uh, the 18th of January from Search Metrics. And um, you've given me the link to that, Frank, as well as a Search Engine Watch article, which uh, we'll see if they fix the link, uh, but uh, you reported that it was not active. Uh, but at Search Engine Watch uh, from t- 2 February 2017, Rebecca Sentance, uh, Sentence with S-E-N-T-A-N-C-E, um, and uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing it right. And then, uh, no thanks, ask me later, please. Thanks for the pop-up, SCW. What can we learn from the winners and losers of organic search in 2016? So, um, Frank, has Rebecca, I haven't had a chance really to look through this yet. I'm assuming she's done a good job summarizing the search metrics report. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it, it basically curated the blog post about about it that was over at search metrics that okay. um, Marcus Tofa did. Um and it's the interesting part about it is obviously you know they they go through the the various algorithm changes that went through in 2016 and how they impacted various segments of the industry and you know how that publishers took a fair hit you know they were in the losers area uh, and same thing with Wikipedia and I think largely and 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 Marcus does mention that um, that could be because of the broader implementation of the knowledge boxes where you know the information that you'd normally would click through on now you're getting answers so you don't even have right. to so the hence their search traffic is going down so are those you know, knowledge I mean, boxes that, what um there's i'm looking at the search metrics uh one now and i'm looking at the here's the top 100 winners of 2016 visibility gain in total Google.com is number one. So I'm assuming that the knowledge boxes are making up part of that visibility gain. Those are treated yeah, as Google. I, I, I would imagine the same as well. Yeah. And Pinterest. But it's interesting that, yeah, you exactly. Got Pinterest you got and social, Twitter, yeah. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and then MedlinePlus.gov, which if I'm, uh, you know, one of the uh, MD.com type of sites, I'm probably not too uh, happy to see. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, largely the winners have been social, which is indicative of, of, you know, users' moves to using social engagement a lot more. <coughs> you know, the the fact that you can tweet and, and do pinning and, and watch YouTube videos on mobile, which is now the larger source of, of search traffic, uh, that type of thing, obviously yeah. that impacts. And then, you know, the first one beyond Google there's the Medline Plus, which obviously everyone's running to find out what the hell was going on with Obamacare. And that's brand new. And the, in, yeah. in the top 100, I, I like the, or I, it says new, so I'm assuming, no, it's not new in the top 100. It's just new in the terms of the measurement showing up. LifeWire showing as new. You got 125% gain for Giphy.com. OxfordDictionary.com yeah, got 109%. I, you know, I wonder if that's part of 
um, uh, uh, search snippet type of result. Those Oxford dictionaries coming in for defines. Yeah, defines you know, I mean, it is it is relatively interesting that you know, there are still a few of the uh, older publishers, like the Huffington Post, is still. I was going to give a hat tip to Simon Hesseltine for that. You know what we'll see is next year Huffington Post will be out <laughs> of the top fifty because all of Simon's work will have. Lived out its half life, and and no, actually, he's got two or three years left on the half life of that. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Times is in there. You know, obviously, the impact Retail also. Tell me not was, coupons. Only a 24 percent yeah. gain for it, but it's coming but yeah, in. Yeah, you got to think of it in terms of what 2016 was. You know, obviously, it was a move where there was a lot more engagement on social media talking about the political situation that was going on throughout the year. So there was a lot more engagement there. Uh, Keep in mind, yeah. too, I think I haven't looked at all the um, the uh, the data here uh, and what the sample of time is. But to see the site at number 32, the Black Friday dot com, it makes me question as if this is a snapshot in time versus a a snapshot in time because um, it gained 217% and hotmail.com just above it gained 455% by the way. But, you know, it makes me question when they took this data because theblackfriday.com in shopping, is it actually ranking like that throughout the, the year or did they happen to pull the set at, the, at a good time for that site right around, uh, you know, the ramp up to Black Friday? It could just be that there was, you know, they did a lot of work previously, got a lot of ranking, and then, yeah, over a short period of time, they just had a humongous uh, increase in their in their overall traffic. Yeah, when you see one of those like that standing out. Hey, listen, we got to hear from our wonderful sponsors here on Cranberry.fm, so stay with us here as your rock stars on Cranberry Radio. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more SEO rock stars right after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at wmetraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. 
located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. Cranberry Radio, online anytime at cranberry.fm. Yeah. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. Jamming, not spamming. <laughs> it's 421. And, you know, we're talking about the Google winners of 2016. Let's talk about the losers from the blog at searchmetrics.com report. Um, you know, I was just mentioning on the top end, the winners that Oxford Dictionaries is at 13 with 109% gain. I see in the top 10 losers, we got two dictionaries, the Free Dictionary and Urban Dictionary. Um, what's some other insights there, Frank, from the losers uh, well, list? The, <laughs> the interesting part about it is they have Wikipedia at the top of uh, the losers. And, you know, they're saying that uh, they lost 4% of their visibility yet. Wikipedia obviously still really dominates, and I think part of that, you know, gives you an indication of the impact of the knowledge boxes. Number two is IMDb, which now, when you search for movies, you know, and things like that, you've got a carousel that comes up that you know is all related to what's showing right near you, and you know what theaters they're in, and things like that. So, you know, you literally don't have to leave the search uh, page to find out where the movie is, what the movie's about, all that sort of thing. So, I mean, those sort, and just like music lyrics, and, you know, those are being put up now. So there's a lot of, I think, 2016, the losers in 2016 are the people who provide information that Google's just scraping and giving to you without having to click on a link. Yep, yep. That's right, interesting. I just saw last.fm, uh, sister.fm to Cranberry, uh, had a 47% loss, um, and it's the only uh, new domain extension, as per se, I mean, relatively, uh, that's on either list, um, surprisingly. There's mostly .com, a few .govs, and .orgs, but uh, uh, an interesting one on there. So check out that report, draw your own conclusions, and um, we'll move along to another topic. The Search Engine Roundtable... On uh, February 6th, uh, yesterday, uh, Google won't tell webmasters which links they do not count for spam reasons. Absolutely not, says Gary Illich on Twitter. That's basically giving link spammers everything they'll need. Um, after a question on Twitter saying, any plans to show which links in Google Search Console links to your site are disavowed or just ignored? Due to Google Penguin. So that was a great question from underscore our graph at Twitter. Uh, but uh, I agree that, unfortunately, uh, Illich and, and Google's hands are a little tied in this situation. If they give too much, um, you know, then we'll know which of those links, if we were to be engaging in acquiring large amounts of links, which were having a positive effect and, and which were just not counting or obviously, you know, if the worst thing happened. So that's why you shouldn't engage in trying to get large amounts of links. <laughs> right, Frank? Yeah, see, that one, I mean, that one is just, uh, to me, 
why not say who the link spammers are? They have got no problems in the past coming out and broad shoot, uh, you know, blog networks and, and places like that where there are links and just going, okay, we're just scattergunning and getting rid of all of them, even though some of them really, like Ann Smarty's one, uh, provided really solid information and she did a great job of curating <clears throat> the information and making sure that it wasn't just let's write something to drop some links into. You know, so, I mean, they they just do what they want, you know, in essence. And, and, you know, I can understand it gives people the ability to sort of start working out what's good and what's bad, but why why wouldn't there be? Why shouldn't there be something like here are you know, the bad links. Well, it's yeah. the, whole, the whole idea of, you know, defining the bad neighborhoods, the, the old PPC, the other PPC pills, porn and casinos. It's very easy to say, hey, Google probably thinks those are a bad neighborhood, but there's so many other thousands of sites out there and many to the common business owner that look like a legit site. I mean, look at the fake news phenomenon from last year and and, and, and think about, you know, some of these sites that have been developed to be marketing vehicles for links and, and value and so forth. So um, it, it's it's a tangled web we've we've woven, <laughs> and um, you know this is just one of the examples of uh, things that can happen as a result of uh, of these kind of things. Yeah, it just makes you know it makes link building that much harder uh, for for people whether they're doing it themselves or whether they're outsourcing, whoever's dealing with it, to be able to really know how best to do it because you know, to believe that it's the random surfer theory and you know people will find your content and, and link to it and things like that, you know, then what you're doing for that is you've got to promote the hell out of it and pay uh, in social media promotions. To be mm -hmm. able to get more people to look at it, possibly read it, and then link to it. Yeah. So now there's know, a I mean, link it building. Stop it. I'm sorry. Finish off, Frank. Sorry about that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying it just doesn't. You know, it doesn't stop. Yeah, you know, they're just trying to muddy yeah. the waters so that we come through and filter out, and uh, in a disavow list of, of places where we don't quite know whether this one's good or not. So. You know, it may have been, but we're putting it on the yeah. disavow because, you know. And who knows that that's reason. static, right? I mean, theoretically, a site could, um, you know, resuscitate itself and have. Or the other way. You know, and you, have. You know, you get a right? decent and website. Exactly. Yeah, the other way around. You get a decent yeah. website that gets put onto a disavow list because, you know, you're not seeing much traffic from it. So uh, you're going, oh, I can, I can afford to lose that link. And all of a sudden, it appears, you know, for various products or, you know, places, and, and Google goes, oh, look at all the people that have disavowed this one. Okay, let's just push that domain to the side. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's like a reverse vote. A link is a positive vote. When you put it on a disavow list, it's obviously a negative vote. So the more negative votes you get, it, it's going to impact that way, and it could be very innocent uh, websites that are that are being put on disavow because people don't know what to disavow. Yep, yep. So I'm seeing a nice pop-up of this very handsome man, Lauren Baker, on Search Engine Journal. Uh, he's doing a, um, an actually a uh, webinar. Um, I hope Cranberry doesn't mind me mentioning it. It's tomorrow if you're listening live. 
Um, anyway, searchenginejournal.com has an article from Adam White no, that the single best anchor text for SEO that no one is talking about. So link building uh, category at Search Engine Journal from February 26, yesterday. Uh, the definitive link of anchor text categories, I think, is a pretty nice little list. Uh, you know, we all know, and 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 people that have been doing SEO for a while know that anchor text has become sort of a bad word. Um, you know, if especially if you want to be an extremist, <laughs> uh, but it's still very much part of uh, what's in play, uh, especially when you're talking about internal linking and navigation, right? I mean, you can't be penalized for all anchor text, so. Uh, Frank, um, what do you think about this list of categories of anchor text? I think it's nicely broken out. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it, it's clever <clears throat> to to sort of create that categorization of what type of links that you've got, whether they're keywords or your keyword plus, uh, you know, some other text, which always is, is clever to do. Uh, your specific brand name, which, you know, it could either be your domain or, or your brand, um, that type of thing, the just the URL. And the one thing that I sort of, he does a lot of really good stuff to create the concept of categorizing the different types of links and, and looks at them. But I think the conclusion that he has in this particular article is a little sort of, Yes, I was wanting to correlate because know. the first thing you do, you know, <laughs> let's talk is, about the good, <laughs> which we did. Yeah. So tell but I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this conclusion as well. Because you know he's saying that the, you know the most important anchor text is the page title or the uh, the blog post title of, of whatever it is, and and funnily enough, that's what most people do. You know, I mean, is it the most important because he found that you know the top ranking websites for various searches are have those that's because yeah. it's a, linking to a page that has a particular title and that's the title that people generally then use to link to it you know right. I and mean, it's, it's a little it's, bit of a wordpressification uh result too right yeah exactly you know you're going to have that internally at every web, every wordpress and and most other cms's that yeah, do Joomla internal linking that, that way yeah, yeah. yeah. They all use that. So, I mean, I think his conclusion on making this one the most important may not have thought been thought through very well. But yeah, as I personally, far as categorizing, I, yeah, I, I agree. Great, great point, Frank. Is is I think that this article could have been better, and and not to diss on Adam, but to, I, I found the meat to be in the definitive link of anchor text categories, and then that could have been yeah. its whole own article. Uh, but I think that maybe some editor, who knows, at Search Engine Journal probably told Adam that they had to get a more clickbaity type of headline. No, I'm just kidding. We love us at Search Engine <laughs> nah, Journal. Nah, that wouldn't happen over there. <laughs> we know all those people. They're, they're, exactly. They're, they're, you know, they're good solid. marketers. Good marketers. And good, you know, content good people, uh, writers. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm just, you know, I like to take jabs at editors whenever I can, ever since our days uh, with good old Danny Goodwin, uh, who yeah. actually I shared I a post of ours from 2008 just recently. And uh, uh, from you and I, when we did the Search Engine Watch Crossfire uh, series uh, and Danny Goodwin chimed in. <laughs> so it's nice to see him. So let's talk about from the SEM Rush blog, uh, Lamar Hall also yesterday published uh, on February 6th, 10 golden strategies to boost your local search ranking. So another nice top 10 list uh, type of yeah. an article. Uh, the update the information, 
fill out local listings. Uh, let's get into number three and, and, and talk about creating buzz about your establishment. So, um, you know, what do you think um, about sort of this advice? I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit flipped about it. I, th I think that it's important. I also feel that it can start to look a little unnatural if you're a hairdresser that suddenly adds a blog and you start talking about like the art district in your town and then you talk about the meatpacking district and, you, you know, you're trying to kind of, to me, artificially gain uh, relevance around, uh, you know, your establishment and the buzz. I don't know, to me, is is the better buzz to be going for, and maybe I'm just thinking of this differently semantically, uh, but around, like, local reviews and stuff like that. I know that it's talked about uh, in, in number six. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it, it. I actually, it's funny that you picked that one because that was one that sort of jumped out at me. And it's, it's a double-edged sword there because I think if you were to create specific, you know, a blog where you're talking about your community and you're looking to locally rank. So you're getting, you know, especially if you get a lot of the local businesses linking back to their particular page where they're mentioned, um, you know, and you're getting a lot of those local links where, you know, Google and the other search engines can see that it's very regional uh, would have an impact perhaps because we don't know exactly how that uh, factors in whether if you happen to get a lot of local links from businesses that are in your area do you start to improve your ranking for uh, that particular neighborhood you know when when searches are done it's, yeah and it's, it's a test right it's a constant yeah. set of tests one of the things that i i think that's important for all writers and and I always try to do it when I still occasionally do write publicly. And I hope that I come across as such on this show. But I always like to say, you know, in my experience, and I have found, and things like that. And it's something that I was taught, you know, by Elizabeth Osmolowski and Danny Sullivan way back when I started talking at SES in the mid-2000s. Um, because in this industry, uh, it's just a lot of stuff we talk about, Frank, is based on uh, opinion and research. Uh, and you have to be careful to come across as a diplomat, right? Uh, but a statement like Google likes very detailed, informative, and insightful content. That is what the search engine likes to rank at the top, especially when indexing millions of websites that have similar content. I think that's an opinion, uh, and, and it, it certainly um, it makes sense uh, you know, in, in, in some cases. Uh, but I, I would argue that detailed, informative, and insightful um, is is a byproduct in some cases of how good the links are of the top ranking uh, sites too, and 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 one feeds the other. So it's a good article. I think there's some good, uh, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, if here. you're strictly starting, abide by your hours, I think is a little bit bad and could have been stuck in under reviews maybe. Yeah, I but I mean, eight. if you're starting out, you've got a local business and you you want to have an idea of some of the basics. This covers, you know, some of them and, and, you know, you couldn't, you know, you wouldn't be doing yourself a disservice if you read this and, and oh, use some of this information. We wouldn't be talking about it. You know, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, 10, the one thing, you know, invest in a mobile app, I, I, that one I don't quite understand when you're talking about a, a small local business. I mean, if you're check mark, a, it's a checkbox thing, you get a local yeah. app. <laughs> No, exactly. Because, I mean, if you're McDonald's and you've got local localization, you know, where you need to let people get to you, 
But if you're just one store and you're trying to uh, improve your local listings, I, I don't think an app would, you know, especially unless you've got someone in-house that can write one for you for virtually nothing, I don't think that's worth investing any of your money in for a very local business. Yeah, and it's it is it's talking to a single local business here, um, and certainly you know section one that we kind of glossed over about updating businesses information. I think in any good or, or you know uh, not, that's a bad thing to say because now I'm saying it, but um, a, a lot of people should consider thinking about uh, the audience that has multiple locations, even just a couple, right? One in New Jersey, one in New York, or uh, stuff like that, yeah. and and what to do. Uh, that that is above and beyond these kinds of things in order to differentiate yourself there. Uh, we're going to take a break now and hear another great word from our sponsors. Uh, stay with us here on SEO Rockstars. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. Money doesn't grow on trees. So you'll probably have a better chance of growing your business with cranberries. What? Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. Okay, I'm just playing a little air guitar to that awesome jam. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, here we go, rocking into the last segment of our show today on February 7th, if you're listening live, 2017. Got a couple more good topics, and in fact, on this next one, I got a place I'm going to be going to Florida in a few weeks from now when I drop into Orlando. Uh, The um, Google Knowledge Panel Testing Promotion Box... Uh, No, Google Local Knowledge Panel is testing a promotion box. So um, it's from Barry Schwartz at Search Engine Land on February 2nd. Uh, Nice little couple screenshots here of uh, something called Theme Park Connection, which is a store in Orlando, a retailer selling Disney movie props, posters, and autographed books, plus other collectibles, hopefully some Yodas. Um, And they have a cool little ad. And this, to me, it's kind of a spinoff originally of what you could use Google Plus for if you were sort of in the know. Uh, But it's uh, it's a dropping in today. Mention you saw our post at on Google and check at checkout to get ten percent off your purchase. And then there's a learn more button. So um, it's an interesting thing to tack on. It's it's showing up in the knowledge graph section on the right, uh, obviously for a branded search theme park connection and um it, it um i actually tried the search and i don't think that it showed up for me i already closed the tab uh but um interesting uh, little test here and and a good way for google to well i think there's a couple paths here right one is that uh the theme park connection can maybe get some understanding of the value uh, additional value that google brings to it in terms of having customers find its store about its store and stuff uh, by this methodology of basically making the uh, store aware that, wow, there's been, you know, 10 more people today that mentioned this and got 10% off. There's a risk that someone else, you know, uh, puts it on uh, coupon.com or whatever, or some chat board and everyone goes in and does it. Uh, but I think it's a good way for uh, the business owner to get an idea of how many people are going to Google before coming to their store. Yeah, and and the interesting part about it is uh, the quali- I actually went to the original article from uh, Blumenthal, and uh, he got an update that it's actually they're testing extra information that can be g- given in the Google posts that uh, you know the little boxes that are now below your uh, knowledge box where you can drop things in and i think eventually yeah. these these are going to end up being advertisements you know you're, you're going to yeah be i was going to get to that you know? that was actually the first yeah. that was what i was building up to is that this will definitely end up being something that you can pay for the ability to give an instant message or coupon and and it'll be quite valuable um you know for people and google because people will want to, you know, once they've done it once or twice, they might start, even whether they know they're going to the store they go to once a month, they're still going to go to Google and check real quick to see maybe if they have something like this, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, you know, especially, you know, it's interesting that they're doing it through the theme park uh, area where, you know, anyone that's down in Florida is constantly looking for, okay, where can I get those cheap tickets or where right. can I get a break on on not having to pay the full price or for a props day at and, and posters and stuff like that in this case. And yeah. I think it's interesting too. There's a direct link to the search in the article. And if you look at the search, the link, now the ad has actually changed. It says dance on over and it's another, uh, some sort of a Disney character. So hopefully they've got the authority to do that. Uh, yeah. 
but it's latest from the owner, posted four days ago, right? So uh, this article was published on February 2nd, five days ago. So maybe they got a little bit more traffic or whatever, and they went and updated it. Or it's possible, and we'd have to see you know, by testing it, if you can have, just like in Google AdWords, two or three different versions or variants with, with pictures, right? And, and, and yeah. then you could, you could test different ad units, which ones are going to catch people. Like dropping in today with this creepy picture – of this thing, this toy thing is one. I, I can't recognize which Disney movie it's from. Uh, but the one that's, um, although I can't recognize it's some underwater movie that the dance on over one is today, uh, would probably attract me a little bit more than the other one, right? So there's going to be a lot of testable stuff in this. And like you said, Frank, I would agree that right now, maybe, um, you know, through Google Plus, uh, uh, it says... Um, so it's a local. It's it's you have to do it through Google My Business directly, right? Yeah, so and exactly. then maybe you can eventually. It, it to me, Frank, it becomes an opportunity for Google to then push this to non-branded searches. Right now, it is for uh, an obviously branded search, and you can control it directly through your GMB. But maybe eventually, you get a little message to your GMB that says, "Hey, by the way, do you want this to show up whenever people are searching for anything related in Orlando, like going to a theme park?" Uh, we could pop this up there for you, uh, and it'll cost you know expert click or even impression. Yeah, it, it's it's it was an interesting thing just to be aware of, of of something that's normally organic that may be getting you know a little bit of a touch of advertising pushed into it, like they're doing in the maps and things like that. So you know, it's, it was of, worth a mention. A touch of the goog. Yep. Speaking of the goog, search engine land, Danny Sullivan has written a nice article. Um, always uh, great to see him writing. Um, and, and this is actually a remarkably short one. It probably only took him 30 seconds because usually he has these amazingly long articles. Uh, this is on February 6th. Google makes it easier to see and share publishers' real URLs from AMP pages. I actually saw this when I was doing some searches uh, during the Super Bowl. It was amazing. Everything on my page, it was the carousel, and then every regular result, even in the organic, was an AMP result. I was like, wow, this is an AMP takeover here. But uh, Google's now making a change into how it displays its AMP pages so they can easily view and share links directly to publisher sites. So um, if you look at um, the, the article, it shows how to do it, Frank. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, previously in the, uh, the actual URL address, it was all Google. But you could click on it. You know, you could copy that link, could click on it, and and it would it would forward you. But the, the look of the actual link always appeared Genius. in Google. Now they're putting this little thing to at least maybe clarify. You know, you never know what federal body told them that you may not be doing the right thing by doing that, uh, and so they added this. So, but it's it's something to be aware of. Uh, so you know. I don't know whether there's any, you know, character limit on, you know, the URL's length and things like that, but it's something that I'll keep an eye on, and, and if I see anything else, I will definitely pass it along, and just figured people would want to uh, have a look at that, that are playing, and that are smart and playing an amp. Nice. We're going to wrap up today with a quick hit on an article that probably deserves more time, but we're running out of time. Over from our, it's actually not an article, but it's a conversation going on at webmasterworld.com, which if you're doing SEO and, and you've not checked it out and you're not regularly in there lurking, 
um, then, you know, either you're very busy and, and, and way advanced, uh, like some of us people that have that excuse, or you should be. Uh, um, I, I try to get in there as often as possible. I do have a very lurky style in there. Uh, I've, can, I've been a member for years, but I, I just haven't uh, posted a lot. Um, there's a nice thread going on about um, meta tags and um, which ones should be kept, right? And um, it's funny, actually, the, the, our, the lead of the article said probably, you know, some of these meta tags have been recommended by an SEO article in 2009 or something, LOL, right? But it's true. Yeah. It's, it's, and I see it all the time, right? I see stupid stuff that really doesn't belong in the code or it's, it's a double up or two, ta- two titles is an often one. Uh, stuff like yeah, that, you right? Bought a, so, you bought a plugin for your WordPress website and it, uh, to create the right tagging and you know, there's the built-in ones of WordPress, and now you, yeah, exactly. You've just got way too much metadata in there, and it, you know, it takes away from the overall. But yeah, there are a bunch that you don't necessarily need, and and, and it's an interesting conversation uh, where people there's some give and take on the value, etc. And um, so anyone that you know keeps track of what's going on in the meta tag area, like you know the the redundancy of, of key, the keyword tag that you know, everyone used to use and stuff as many keywords as possible in, uh, yeah. that type of thing. So, and this is Frank it, Bauer, actually. It's January 26th. Uh, it's Frank, which I'm pretty sure is Frank Bauer that, that replied. Uh, it's an interesting opinion from Frank as well. So by all means, SEOs, get on in there, and, and uh, I'm going to try to get in there too and, and, and provide some two cents. Uh we are at the end of our time for this week. Good Frank, good sir. We will be um, hopefully recording something very soon with Aleda Solis. Uh, she's been doing a lot of great work with AMP, speaking of AMP. So hopefully we're going to have a nice segment with her any uh, week now. Uh, but we thank our users. Please do check us out at Twitter and Facebook, SEO Rockstars. Frank, have a wonderful week, my friend. And all our fans, thanks for listening. And stay with see us. See you on come Valentine's back. Day. That's right. Come back to see us on Valentine's Day at cranberry.fm. <laughs> The opinions expressed those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 